0: Greetings, adventure. Welcome to the D20 Academy podcast. I'm Shiloh. And I'm Gabriel. And this week, we're going to be talking about exploration. Yo, yo,
1: yo, yo. hello, everyone. This is yo, Gabriel yo. speaking. Your what is up? Friendly neighborhood nerd. Back at it again with another episode. All right. This week, I came up with this idea, I think, a while ago. Who knows? But we're going to be talking about exploration, how to collaboratively explore your world that you're playing D&D or whatever other role-playing game you're playing. Uh, We're going to be talking about how you can do it from a GM's perspective, what you can set up for your players, how you can encourage it. And as a player, how can you find role-play reasons and how can you role-play exploration and encourage your fellow players to do so.
0: Yeah, so first uh, of all, we have to apologize for the um, horribly vague title. Yeah. Even what else to call it? Because <laughs> it is the title, That it's correct. Mm-hmm. But that could mean so many things. Um, so we apologize for that. But hopefully, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you've clicked the description so you do understand what this episode is about. Kind of more specifically than just the vague title exploration. Yeah. Um, anywho, wh- what's cool about today is that um, once again, we get our dyad in the force um, here, where I'm, I have lots of experience being a GM and Gabe has lots of experience being a player. <laughs> So we can both talk about our own sides and what we've both learned in both our experiences uh, in regards to this topic in, in exploration within your, your game. Yeah. So that's cool. Did, did, did you hear that? It's cool. It's cool. It's a, It's really cool, you guys. It's really cool. It's gonna be cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Alright, before we jump into it,
1: as always, we have our Instagram at T20 underscore academy. You can message us there to get into our Discord. Uh, we've got people talking, we are doing weekly. Segments on homebrew and answering your questions, whatever comments concerns you have. This course is the place to be. We also have a YouTube channel where we are almost done uploading our episodes, we're almost caught up there.
0: Cheryl's been on that, quite nice, quite nice. And then after we are finished, by, up, by the time you're hearing this episode, oh. it should all be caught up. Okay, okay, it's gonna be all yeah, caught up. So. And then, after we're
1: caught up, we have some ideas we can do just for uh, YouTube that fit the format. So if that's where you like seeing content, and that's the kind of content you like, there's some content is coming out for YouTube.
0: Yeah, and hey, you guys, um, I just thought of this actually, um, but if you are listening to this podcast on a platform that allows you to rate the podcast, if you could go ahead and rate us some stuff just so that we can uh, get brought to more people's attention and stuff. Um, yeah. Or just like recommend this to your friend, whatever it is. We just want to reach as much people as we can. Um, and now that our Discord is like really going, and we're mm-hmm. really getting some cool conversation and stuff. I want as much people on there to just have those conversations, and we want to help as many yeah. people as, as possible. So when you're reviewing this, try to be
1: as inaccurate as you can be, okay? You have to make sure that you say that we are, like, top-of-the-notch yeah. chads, you know? We have to be yeah. Yeah. just the most swagger
0: individuals. What can I say? Like, what the lies can we say yeah. about us? Um, uh, that we have the best podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The most interesting and then best produced. There we go. There we go. There we go.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. Okay, real quick, do you want to talk about Unwelcome Spirits? Unwelcome Spirits.
1: Uh, so, Unwelcome Spirits is an adventure module from the Explorers Guide to Ballon Mount that I will be running with a couple friends, including Shiloh, even though, I don't know why I said friends then. Uh, so <laughs> running it. I think by the time this is out, the first...
0: Yes, Session 0 will be out. Alright, Session 0 will be out. Yes.
1: And we'll have Session uh, 1 recorded. I'm really excited for that. A lot of cool things you're going to be doing there. I like the adventure. (laughs) It might be interesting for you guys to see. how we play as... Well, I don't have a ton of experience as a GM, but I have a little bit and I have some ideas. And I like world building and making it cool adventures for friends and such. And
0: Shiloh gets to play. Which he never does. I, I never get to play it and Gabe never gets to GM. so there you go. We're both <laughs> gonna be swapping places for this adventure here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, by the time you're listening to this, um, there should be a post on Instagram about it. There session Zero should be released on the podcast. Um, you may have listened to it already, maybe not. Uh, if not, you can go listen to it if you want. Otherwise, you can wait for Session Zero to come out uh, for just the adventure to start, because Session Zero is just creating characters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's it. There you Look go. Let's talk about exploration. Let's get into it. Baby. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the episode. <laughs> hey. today. I'd like to, I'd like to, to start to us that. off with a
1: nice little relaxing segment called Gabriel Tells a Story. Ooh, right. I like it. Let's so, go. I Let's went outside the other day. Mm. Did you know that humans, if they stand indirect line of sight of the nearby star that they call the sun, the skin actually gets darker. I just found this out.
0: Well, that's not completely true. Some people get just red. Mm. White people. But, um... Well, it's also darker. A darker shade of red. Yeah. Than white. Sure. Mm. Yep. You just found that out. It's a beautiful world. Yeah, welcome to Hawaii, a tropical paradise. That was more talking really about hot. Earth, you know. Yep. All right. All right. Can you segue that into this somehow? Let's see if you can do it. Um, so, just as I went
1: outside and saw the beautiful yeah. nearby star and saw how humans yeah. can change. Learn- and you learned. I learned. Right. It was quite an interesting experience. Just like... Exploring the outside of your world
0: will be. Hey. Okay, that's pretty good. That's alright. Um, we should start actually every episode off with you just telling a short story about literally just like something a basic thing you learned about Earth and about life as a human that is like irrelevant <laughs> to the episode. And then just find okay, a way to hey,
1: segment. So, <laughs> <segue>. Yeah.
0: S- <laughs> and then you have to find a segue. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's our game. So. The first thing we're talking about is GMing. Then we're going to get into player side. And I'd mm-hmm. love to give you a timestamp, except obviously we're just recording this right now. So I don't know what the timestamp is. But well, we might be able to put one in the description. If you yes, just don't yes, let like this in the If I talk. think about it. If I, if I have the patience to scroll through the whole episode. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so first we're going to talk about GMing and how you as a GM can can work in exploration, all that kind of stuff. And even if you're a player, you can listen to this too, honestly. And GMs, you can listen to the the player side as well. Yeah, it's um, always
1: a good idea to try and like see what goes on on the other side of the DM screen if you're your yes, player. Yes. Just because like, there might come a time where you want to try.
0: Yeah, and um, actually, that's what I've been learning recently. Um, one of our friends in our gaming group is running a D&D campaign, um, and I'm playing in it. And once again, I barely ever play. I usually GM, um, so it's nice to be a player. Um, but... It's nice being a player with the knowledge of the GM, because the way that I can treat the GM and the way that I think about him, um, it helps a lot because I've totally been in his place before, and so me as a player, I can do things, keep the story running, respond to his RPing and stuff, and pass the energy back and stuff, because I know what it's like to be on the other end of that. Um, and so, like, just having that knowledge can just help as a GM and as a player, and, you know... Gabe, you're about to run a thing, right? As a GM. Mm -hmm. But you've been a player. And so you can use your knowledge of being a player, all the things that you know about that and your experience as a GM, right?
1: Yeah, I actually have a list of things like here's what's not copied from Shiloh and here's what's too copied
0: from Shiloh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) As a player,
1: I just don't like it when Shiloh talks, does stuff, is there. Wait, what? Is running the game. As a player, the things I like from Shiloh is when he... Isn't there, isn't getting in control, not running the game. Right.
0: Um, so yeah,
1: that's the list. So, so yeah, it is nice from a player's perspective to go from playing being a player to being a DM. Because you have these all like, oh, this is what I liked experiencing as a player. So
0: this is what I yes. want to give yeah. my players. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Anywho, that's why you should listen to all the whole episodes. What we're saying. Not because we want <laughs> okay. you to listen to it. Not no. because we want to listen to the whole episode. Uh, okay, so GM. Um, we're not making any money off of this anyway, so it's not like we care at all. Uh, okay, GMing. Um, so how can you, as a GM, facilitate and encourage exploration in your campaign? Now, this is an interesting thing. Um, I've always said, and I don't know where I picked this up from, because it, for outlining this, when we were outlining this episode, I looked through the DMG. It's not in the DMG. It might actually be in the player's handbook. I'm not sure. But to me, for, I don't know why I why I believe this. Or where this comes from, but there's three pillars to specifically D&D, but this is kind of general to all RPGs, and they are combat, exploration, and role-playing. Those are kind of the three zones you'll be in. You might be in a fighting combat encounter. Um, Honestly, combat can be kind of changed to just like action, because it could be a chase or, or any kind of action scene. There's exploration, where you're just going around the world, and you're looking around, and you're investigating, and you're traveling, or whatever. And then there's role-playing, where you're directly interacting with NPCs. Um, and you always- you have to find a balance between those three pillars while you're running your D&D game. Once again, this kind of extends to other games, but different RPGs have different purposes. Um, and not all are high fantasy adventure things like D&D, um, so it might be different. But in D&D, you typically want to find a balance between role-playing, combat, and exploration. For a couple of different reasons, I'm not going to get into it a ton, I feel like maybe I've talked about this before on the podcast, Um, but one of them is that you have bunches of different players, and they all like different things, and you want to make sure they're all getting what they want, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we're kind of talking about exploration here, Um, however, in more of a broader sense, because we're also going to be talking kind of about RPing and and using combat as well, Um, but exploration is a really weird thing. It's like the most abstract part of D and D to me. When yeah, this it, kind of encompasses a lot, at least yeah. in the way that
1: we're talking about it and we're viewing it. Uh, so yeah, it is pretty abstract and you can get a little bit confusing. What exactly am I supposed to be doing when I'm quote unquote exploring? Am I supposed to be a, you know bear grills out in the wild? <laughs> yeah, surviving just, off just, of just, just watching the bees in their
0: natural habitat
1: or something, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because but no, it's more than com- that. yeah, combat is mechanical. It's very mechanical. Mm-hmm. There's rounds. There's turns. In your turn, you have a limit to what you can do. There's action, uh, management, uh, economy, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's very mechanical and regimented. There's spell slots. You can only use this ability in x amount of times or whatever. Um, role playing is also in it. A- you just you understand what role playing is. You're having a conversation with a character, right? In character to another character or multiple characters. Um, that makes sense, right? But exploration is pretty abstract, and even though it is the most abstract and the hardest to kind of comprehend and understand, it takes up the most of the game, <laughs> which is weird. Um, but it's kind of like the the glue that sticks everything together. In a yeah, I feel like um, what do you get from
1: exploring, like really, like fuels the campaign. Like you come across combat encounters because of
0: you've yeah. been exploring this world and you've found goals and yeah. enemies and allies. Um, Yeah, and you come across role-playing and NPCs to role-play with, or whatever. Um, Or even, you come across moments and purposes to role-play with your fellow party members through exploration as well. Um, But basically, it's just like, anytime you're just walking around and you're doing stuff, Yeah, you know, that's not regimented into an action scene or, like, turn-based or whatever. And obviously, you can be role-playing while in exploration as well, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. But, um... As a GM, it's your job to kind of, not control exploration, but yeah, how we have it it written here, kind of facilitate it, um, encourage it, and and how do you do that? Um, So, Gabe, let's talk about a session zero. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So, as I'm sure you've heard this parroted by every single D&D and role-playing enthusiast ever, uh, session zeros are very important because they establish what... The DM wants, what the players want, and what they're trying to get out of the campaign, so they can work together to build things that facilitate that. So, in the case of exploration, Session Zero is very important for a GM, because they can like ask their players, okay, what do you want to see from this campaign? Like, what do you what are you looking forward to? What kind of things do you want to do as your characters? And if one of the things that they talk about is, oh, I just want to like experience and, you know, see the world, I want to be immersed in part of this world, then you can make that a priority in your planning, in the way that you run your campaign. So that's why session zeros are important, you know? It's important to establish things before you even get into the game, of what you expect from a campaign, what you want from a campaign, Mm -hmm. and what you Mm -hmm. expect from the other people around you playing with you. So, in this case, in the case of exploration, it's important because exploration can, you know, take planning. You know, so the DM, like, if you talk in your session zero what you want, the DM has more time and more reason to, you know, do all the planning and preparation that he needs to do.
0: Or she, he, or she. Sorry. Girls play this game, right? I don't. Yeah. I'm not actually sure, but no, I'm, I'm
1: pretty sure. I've heard. I've heard it. I've heard it. So.
0: Yeah, I. I've heard tale, <laughs> guys.
1: There's a long-lost legend of the girl D&D
0: player. <laughs> Girls play games. Um, no, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I, I highly encourage session zero. In fact, it's the first thing I talk about in my course, which doesn't exist. I mean, it does exist. It's not out yet, though. And anyway, <laughs> yes, session zero is important, and I, I will say this for all time, and a lot of people will say this for all time, and you'll find this advice in many different places. You should
1: call well. it, like, lesson zero.
0: It's called, uh, Starting at Step Zero. Nice, nice. That's the name of the... Okay, anyway. Nobody cares. Um, hey, <laughs> let's talk about time and pacing management. Because guess what? It's so hard. I don't know if you've ever GM'd a tabletop RPG, but pacing is so difficult. Um, at least, like, the intricacies of pacing are. This medium of storytelling is so strange and out of the ordinary, and so unlike all other forms of storytelling that you just can't copy-paste rules into it. You can't, if the way pacing or storytelling works when screenwriting, or when writing a novel, or when shooting a film or whatever, you can't just copy-paste those rules into tabletop RPGs. It's just a totally different medium. It's just so, it's just so different, and, and um, so pacing is one of those things that is just so hard to, to get down, and I, I don't even have any hard, concrete advice that I can give you, um, even from all my years GMing, but I, I do have some experience, and some, of the, some things in GMing you just kind of have to learn from just playing, and just sometimes doing it poorly, um, <laughs> but yeah, pacing is one of those things that's really difficult um, last night I was watching, um, Avatar The Last Airbender, um, the greatest show of all time. Um, I start, I'm starting it for the fourth time cause it's the best thing ever. And what really stood out to me, I only watched about the first four episodes was the pacing. The pacing of that show is incredible among literally everything else. Um, <laughs> the pacing is really good and it's just really important in storytelling and it's hard in RPGs and in regards to exploration, I'm not just going to get super deep into pacing because I could talk about this for hours, (laughs) but in regards to exploration, what we're talking about now, you need to find a balance, uh, a a time and and pacing balance between excitement and tension and peace (laughs) Um, so the party can explore. And this is something me and Gabe were talking about just not on the podcast or even regards to the podcast. We were just talking about, as people who love the game, Mm -hmm. um, the other day when we were hanging out, Um, just about the campaign that we're playing, that I'm running, that we're playing right now, and exploration in that game. Uh, Yeah. Because... Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, And, look, the reason why
1: pacing is so important to this, like, topic of exploration is because, you know, the management between... the balance between excitement, tension, and more downtime areas is that you have to find a balance so that the players have the time and means to explore the world, you know, you're yeah. having a hard time balancing, like, okay, this main overarching quest that the party is on, and you don't have enough time for, like, the small things, and the players aren't going to be out there exploring the world, talking to that merchant down the street, you know, yeah. seeing what's around that corner, this should be going from point A to point B.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's very hard, hard to do, because you need both, for sure. You need that, 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 uh, the strong hooks and those time constraints to keep the story exciting and moving forward. That's vital to all stories, anyone will tell you that. Um, but it's just different, right? Like in a film, you can have a time constraint the whole time, and they have to get this done by this time, or you know the enemy is going to get this, so they have to hurry up and get this done, defuse the bomb, and there's a timer on the bomb, or whatever. Um, you need that, because you're building tension, you're, you establish stakes, this is all parts of story. You need that in a story and in D&D still in tabletop role playing because, you know, people uh, are, you're, you know, your audience in a way is kind of your players and you want to keep them excited and invested and you need, you want to keep the story moving forward. Otherwise, people get bored, right? That's, that's just, that's just how it works. That's just true. However, because of the medium di- like difference, it can't be like that the whole time. You need downtime and, and, and places to chill. And once again, I could talk about the intricacies of that for a while. But let's. in regards to exploration, you use both for exploration. That's what I'm going to say. So <laughs> when you have that downtime, that's great. That's when the cool exploration happen, really, really happens. That's when the players are just chilling in a village. And they can just explore and pick up side quests and meet the cool, colorful NPCs and have that fun. They can go shopping and resupply and stuff without feeling forced to just continue on their quest, continue down the road, get to that place, get the thing done, in the time constraint. Mm. Once again, there's a time and place for that. And you do need that, to keep the story interesting, and to keep the players on their toes, and the story moving forward, and no one gets bored. However, you also need that downtime. And right now, we're finding in the campaign that I'm running right now, there's a very intense time constraint. There's a race. It's basically like a race for uh, a MacGuffin, uh, in the story. And the party Gabe was saying that, that he feels, uh, and probably the the rest of the players feel, very tense, and, um, they're not, they don't have time to explore these cool locations, stuff that I'm bringing them to, or, or whatever, because they just feel very forced to get to the next thing and the next thing. Would you say that's true? Yeah, but I also, like, add a caveat, like, as
1: you're saying, like, th- there is a time and place for that, so I'm not necessarily, like, Oh, I don't like this. I'm just saying like that's like a yeah. save and like I sure. would like time to do that, but I understand as a player that you know this is important. This is cool is important. And so it's obviously important that we just continue pursuing it, and, but there's also perhaps like a time in the future we can come back and explore those places more.
0: Yeah. So once again, it's 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 that balance and yeah. it's rough. But but th- you you have to have both of those is what I'm going to say. This is my advice to you. You have to have both those moments. Um, And also, even though that time constraint, crazy, tense, uh, you know, race for time or whatever, race against time thing, in a way, it halts exploration and it's difficult for players to just chill in a a place and explore or whatever. It can also force exploration in a way as well. Mm -hmm. Um, In particular, the storyline we're running right now is like a treasure hunt. Essentially, and they every time they get to like this new location or whatever that the next clue points to, they have to literally explore that area, find where the next place is, find where the next thing is. That's literally forcing exploration, mm-hmm. you know. Even though it is under a time constraint, and you know they're trying to hurry. It's not yeah. the same though as chilling in a, a cool new location you just came to, and just going around and finding yeah. stuff. And
1: I was just thinking of this, like as you're talking, like. I think that you can find ways even in these difficult time constraints to have like the roleplay moments and like exploration moments like within parties because like there's going to be time where you know the players are traveling you know they're working on something that's going to take time so you just typically do a time skip or whatever until when they're done or when they get there but if you are just like looking for that moment to you know explore your relationship with the character and or just like look outside the window and see what's going on. You can use that time, that downtime, that time that you usually just skip past, to try and just like get a little bit t- of that, even if you're in a difficult time constraint.
0: Yeah. Or like you know, they come to a village and they are looking for a contact or whatever, and they're under a time constraint. And they're race race against time, and then this next part of this time constrainted adventure is to find a contact in this village. You can force them to explore, ask around taverns, meet your colorful characters. Maybe someone knows where you can find the contact, but before but first to get that information, they're gonna have to you have to do something for them. you have to go on a side quest for them or whatever um and in that way, you're kind of forcing exploration or not forcing it, but having it still even mm-hmm. within your uh crazy exciting tense story um and merging the two can can be really cool, but also let your players breathe like seriously. Um, don't right suffocate now we're on, them. like, kind of, sorry?
1: I said don't suffocate Unless... them, let them breathe.
0: Yeah, yeah, don't suffocate them. Uh, right now in this campaign that I'm talking about, we're on our third major plot arc, um, kind of, kind of story arc, and between each of these three, between the first and the second and the second and the third, you guys have had, like, a week in-game to, like, chill and just have that peace and stuff, and I feel like that's kind of required, right so yeah but you know before you go on another kind of big race adventure thing you need that downtime and, and time to chill and to shop and whatever
1: mm-hmm. also it makes sense for characters you know because characters you're that you're role-playing and such they aren't just robots you know they're not terminators you know yeah they're people and they're gonna want like downtime and time to just walk around and Go to the things that they need to do, like shopping and such and rest. So
0: Yeah. Especially if like uh your world is cool. <laughs> if you have a if you have a cool world, maybe you've made it, or it's a cool campaign setting that you've chosen. Um, maybe it's like, the Wild Mount, like how we reviewed the book in the past few episodes. Go listen to those. Um you know, maybe you have a cool world and players wanna check that out, and that's cool. Like for this treasure hunt plotline that we're talking about. Um, one of my goals was, like, it's instead Star Wars, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's a Star Wars game. One of my goals was to take the party to, like, all these different kinds of biomes. And to all these different kinds of environments. Um, and, because that's really cool. And th- so they kind of get that, that Indiana Jones feel of traveling to all these different places. Finding these ruins, these things, or whatever. Um, and that was something that, that it was really cool. And even though these locations are dope... You guys don't have a ton of time to, like, super explore them, yeah? Um, Because, you know, you guys have been to, like, these icy mountains, to these jungles, to this volcanic place, right? You guys are going all to these cool locations. um, But you guys haven't had a ton of time to also just chill and explore. Even though they've been cool locations. And if you want to show those off and stuff, um, you know, you want them... Players want to explore those places, if they're interesting and they're cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Moving
1: on. Next bullet point here. Alright, so. What do you need? You know that to you have eat- to manage your time. You've talked to your players in session zero. Now, what do you need to do to prepare yourself for this exploration? What do you plan? Alright, so. How do you plan? Yeah, how do you plan for exploration? It's basically the question. That's the a question. Good question. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, that's still something I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, alright. I'll talk a bit here. Should I look in rest of his voice. Um, yeah, I'm drinking some water. Alright, so the basis of exploration is the players are in a place and they're trying to mm-hmm. see more than what their you know, eyes see as they just walk past it. So exploration, you...
0: Suddenly see more... Sorry. Okay. You said see more. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Sorry, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Question of like, what what do I detail for that? What do I do so that the players can explore? Is to figure out like, what's like beneath the surface. So we'd figure that out. Just look at the surface first. So if the players are exploring a town, okay, there's going to be a tavern that they can go to. There's like law enforcement around. There's merchants here. People walking out their business yeah. there. Okay, what do I need to detail so that they can explore? First thing that comes to mind is like have NPCs that players can talk to and meet, you know, that talk yep. about their day, talk about what they do, have, you know, personality, yep. detail the tavern that they walk into, give it, like, a history, you know? You're like, okay, this tavern is called the... Wispy Swallow, and it's got this history of, like, why it's named out or whatever, and this is the atmosphere in it. So the players have, like, an idea of what they're in, where they're at, and the people that are around them, you know? Because yeah. I think exploration is kind of like vague and hard, as you we were saying earlier. It's hard to like specifically define, but because it is that way, what you need to detail doesn't need to be super defined, you know? Yeah. Your details can yeah. be like, okay, I just need to figure out, like, give these players an idea of where they're at, what's around them, so that they can work together and work with me. To create something and to explore this part, you know? You don't yeah, need to yeah, detail yeah. every single blade of grass that's on the ground. You know? D&D's collaborative, mm-hmm. so what you need to detail is just to give the players like incentive and ideas to work off of.
0: Yeah. To create sure, those interesting sure. exploration <laughs> moments. Yeah. Um I I yeah, I agree with what you're saying. But you don't have to detail every tavern. That's not what you're No, no, saying. no, 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 to. no, <laughs> yeah yeah no, no, to, no, if you care to, and to enhance the exploration and stuff. But we're not saying, ple- like, Brett Baxter... Detail every single house and building <laughs> in the city. Yeah, no, you don't need to do that at all. But, um... But what Gabe is saying is true is, you want to give things flavor, and you want things to feel... Unique, and you want players to remember remember NPCs and locations and stuff. And by th- kind of thinking just about, like, the history and all that kind of stuff, or the name of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. That can help. Um... Back to what we were saying earlier though in the podcast, being a player can help inform what you need to detail, right? If you have been a player before, you know when you come to a new place, when you meet a new person, whatever it is, um, in regards to exploration, you know what your thought process is, and so as a GM, it can help having been a player to know what you need to detail first because you know how players think, where they'll go first who they'll ask first, what they will look for first. Uh, The most basic example is if you're running a dungeon, and they come to a room in the dungeon, okay? And there's no doors other than the door they came into, right? Because the exit out of this place is some kind of secret thing. Maybe there's a riddle to unlock it. Maybe there's a key hidden somewhere in the room. Whatever it is, okay? Let's just use an example. If you've been a player, you know what you do first, right? You Mm -hmm. know what the players look for first, and where they're going to go first. Right? Are they going to check the roof? Are they going to check for secret doors? What are they going to do first? And you as a GM then can take that knowledge and use that in your planning so you know what to detail. Because yeah. what I have found in the first campaign I ever ran, which somehow actually completed and lasted for two and a half years and actually happened, I'm surprised because the start of that campaign to the end of it is literally my journey as a GM. <laughs> like, at the beginning, I didn't even know like mechanical rules or whatever or how to like tell stories and at the end i had learned so so much um but um in the beginning i wasn't super aware of like what i need to detail right as a new gm that's how it works or like what i need to do or you know do i make a tavern first or in this like dungeon like what do i do um but having that experience um as a player or even just as a gm because you find out how your play group where they go and everything and how their mind works that can also help you in your planning on, on what you need to detail. And yep. what you need to go after first.
1: So, it might sound daunting. I'm trying to, like, detail your role so the players can explore it. Like, oh, yeah. all right, I need to detail this many NPCs, this many places.
0: Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, you don't no, need no. to be super high-strung about it, you know? You kind of, like, try and figure out what your players, like, lean towards in their roleplay. And in the way that they play, like, okay, they tend to go after, like the weirdest looking person in the area, you know? Like, oh, let's yeah. go talk to him. Or they tend to go, like, okay, every time we go enter a town, we look for the nearest tavern to stay.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you can try and, like, prioritize what you need to plan, which I think is important yes, yes, in your detail yes, and yes. your planning because there's so many things that you can spend your time on that mm-hmm. might never come into play.
0: Yes, 100%. Yes, yes, 100%. That's what happened last session. Um, <laughs> What, uh, what uh, another thing I'm going to say is for, let's just... In exploration, we're kind of talking in regards to location—is kind of what it seems like. Areas, whether it's a town, or a biome, or a region, or whatever. If you give each of these a- a strong theme, you're good. Honestly. Okay? If they come to a dwarven city, and you figured out this dwarven city is, um, full of tinkerers. This is the dwarven tinkerer city. And they have made lots of advances, technological advances in the past few years for the rest of the continent or whatever. And they're the ones who invented airships and mechanical messengers or whatever. That's a strong theme in this location, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's, you just have to make a couple notes on that and you're good for um, improvisation, okay? Yeah. Get a list of dwarven names, okay? Um, Maybe in this city too, something that's cool is everyone has a title depending on the accomplishments they've made, the technological accomplishments they've made, okay? So get a list of dwarven names, uh, just, just a random generate, whatever. Get a list of titles that you come up with and, and kind of, you know, cool little funny titles or quirky titles or whatever um, that could refer to what this person has done in the past, okay? Um, and get those two lists anytime you need to improv, improv an NPC. Anytime the player's are like, oh, I, I ask for, I look around for this kind of person. Or I go to this building that you hadn't really planned because I'm looking for a person or whatever. Pop out that list. Pop out those lists. Cross off some names. Just create the NPC right there. You know it's a dwarven city. Just make him a, just make him a dwarf. Okay? <laughs> You're improv-ing. You are improv you do not have to be cool. Just make him a dwarf. It helps solidify also the theme um, and the feel of that region or that, that location. Um, and have them have goggles, and you know what they look like. Maybe they have a waistcoat. Maybe they're riding a mechanical horse, or whatever it is. Because you have a strong theme, so you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And once you have that down, you don't need to detail everything. You don't need to detail what the tavern looks like, or what the town hall looks like, or what the the blacksmith looks like. Maybe you don't have the time to do that. But if you have a strong theme, you can improv what it's like. Because you can assume what a tavern is like. You know, the names of the drinks at the tavern maybe yeah. have to do with, like... You know, uh, what's that, uh... WD-40 might be a name of one of the drinks there. <laughs> that was just a joke. Because, no, But just, like, as a joke, because... You know, they use oil in their contraptions and stuff. You can just kind of assume from, from the theme and, and the, the concept that you have. So you don't need to detail everything.
1: Yeah. Also, okay. from a player's perspective, like, looking
0: brand. at... Like, a town
1: that you're coming into... If it has a strong theme, then you know, like... What to expect from the town... And what to go after in the town, like... You come to that town, that dwarven city, with a bunch of tinkers that they all have titles from the accomplishments that they have. It's such like such good, strong theme, and from a player's perspective, when when they're offered that detail, it's it's like encouraging for them. Like, okay, I, I know what's in here. Um, this is what I want to go for. This is what sounds exciting to me. You know, it's easy to latch on to a place, a person, a town, whatever, if they have a strong theme to work off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. We need to get to players, uh, soon. So let me, let me do a, do a little drive-through, run-through of my other notes here on exploration as a GM. Okay, first thing. Enhancing world slash immersion. This is what exploration is for, baby. To enhance your world, to immerse players into your world. 100%. Like, in my match exa- actually my past example that I just made was a perfect, uh, uh example of this. Enhancing your world is by them ha- having them come to this city, and it's all mechanical, and there's airships, and they have factories, and all the dwarves have goggles, and they all have cool titles, depending that are based on the deeds they've done in the past. Um, this enhances the world. This immerses the players in your world, and that's kind of what exp- that's one of the purposes of exploration, is to bring them more into this world and make them feel a part of this world and feel like this world is alive. Um, there's a couple ways to do this. One, use your NPCs to do this. Okay, the way they look is is a strong one. All right. If you can uh, keep a good, strong theme of what people look like from certain places, that enhances the world, hence- enhances the immersion, right? Mm-hmm. Their mm-hmm. voices, their accents, right? That can tell you where a character is from. If you come to a region and everyone speaks in a French accent, um, that helps solidify uh, the players into this area of the world, makes them feel like the world is alive and real, okay? Another and makes one, it more memorable. Just recently. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, an- another thing... Um, that I've just started doing recently. Gossip and rumors, okay? This is real. That's that's what happens. People information, talk. <laughs> yeah, people talk and information is spread. You don't have to figure out exactly how information is spread, but having people go to... Uh, get into a new village and they go to the tavern and they hear people gossip and rumors. These do not have to be story hooks or plot hooks into any side quest in that place. It can literally... This, this, this gossip and rumors can literally just be to enhance the world. Mm-hmm. And they can be talking about like, Hey, you know... So-and-so down there just uh, in this dwarven city, he was trying to make a teleportation device that you go on your wrist, but it blew up, and he got sucked into the nether realm, and he doesn't know how to get out. And, like, that's just what two people are talking about at the tavern. That's not a story hook. That's not a side quest. But it's just pulling the players more into the world and making them feel more part of the world um, when people are, like, talking, and there's rumors. Mm -hmm. And you can also use these as plot hooks as well, (laughs) And, 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 and story hooks. Anything you want to say on that?
1: Um...
0: Cool. Um, yeah. I'm going to go as fast as I can, so, I can get to, <laughs> uh, so we can get to players. Okay. Hey, monsters... Mwah, mwah, mwah. Monsters are a perfect way to bring your players into the world in their exploration, alright? The, bi- the biome they're from, the elemental affinity, that's not in regards to one of the, you know, four elements. I mean, like, uh... If you're underground... They run into underground monsters, yeah? Yeah. You're in the forest, <laughs> you run into forest monsters. Okay? Mm. They're in a weird place that has been warped by some magical collision or meteor long ago. Maybe the monsters there are weird and mutated or alien-like aberrations, okay? That brings your players into the world, and immerses them into that place. Cool. Okay, my next note here. This is something I, I believe in a lot. Using a random encounter when the party enters a new area, biome, region, whatever it is, to help them understand the location more. Right? Once again, they come into this region that's warped by a weird thing in the past, a magical event in the past. And the random encounter you throw at them uh, has to do with these aberrations, okay? Immediately they understand, we've crossed a boundary, we've entered a new place, and this is what has happened to this place. The creatures here are not like regular creatures. They're weird and alien, okay? Okay. Immersion, exploration, cool. Yeah. Also, in the same line of, love. go ahead. Uh, it doesn't have to be a combat encounter.
1: Like a random encounter could be like you walk yes, into that yes. dwarven city you we're talking about, and there's two dwarves scrapping at scrapping on the street because one of them is accusing the other of like stealing an invention idea from him or whatever. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Ex- exactly. A- any kind of encounter. You you come. You're crossing the threshold on this road into this next region, and you're just passing a bunch of gypsies. Um, partying around a bonfire or whatever, you're like, okay, I understand what's going on here. I know where we are. Yeah. doesn't have to be a combat encounter, per se. Okay. Other note. In the same line of logic, if you do this a lot in your campaign, when they enter a new region and there's not like a combat encounter or whatever, that can prove to them that this area is mostly safe, bandit-free, monster-free, or whatever. And that can also inform them. Um, in a way. Okay, cool. Yeah. Next note here. Using adventure hooks and side quests to force exploration of world immersion. I already kind of talked about this. But if they come into a village or whatever, and they get a side quest, and it points them into the nearby jungle to rescue a villager from a cult ritual by the Yuan-Ti living there, forces them to explore the region, explore the jungle, look for this person, learn more about the Yuan-Ti, learn more about their cult, whatever it is. Force exploration from Mm -hmm. them. Okay, anything to say on that? Um,
1: just- As a DM, as much as you can to force and give your players reasons to just go places in the area that they're at. You know? Yep. Give them reasons to explore and walk around. Whether it be to search for someone or they need to find information. You know, there's so many reasons that you can use, but just give them a reason to see more than where they're literally right at
0: at that moment. Yep. Okay. Reward exploration. All right? If players are going out of their way to learn more about a place to whatever, reward them for it, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you didn't have anything planned at the beginning of that or whatever, because once again, you never know what the players are going to do. Reward players for exploring and for for poking their nose around and for learning more about your world and stuff. Yeah. Okay? Cool. And rewards,
1: you can use whatever you want from... A conclusion to a backstory thing, to
0: an NPC yeah. ally,
1: to a magical item, XP, whatever. Information.
0: Yeah. Information is the easiest and the biggest one, because that's something you kind of already have pre-planned. If one of their side quests in this location has to do with slaying a particular monster, from their exploration and them sticking their nose everywhere, you can reward them with information on this character's, this monster's weakness or whatever. Um, that's a good... That's a good- that's a goodie. Okay, Mm -hmm. last note here, use exploration as a bridge between plot points and action scenes. That's kind of what we talked about at the beginning, um, but that's what you want to do. Uh, same way in a dungeon, you can't have each room have an action combat scene in it, alright? You need those rooms in the dungeon that connect the battles to, uh, for, you know, puzzles, whatever. Learn more about Mm -hmm. the history of the dungeon, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. That's my big (laughs) quick drive-through. Uh let's go it's on to really the player section. Through it.
1: All right, players, how can you use a player explore and encourage your fellow players to do so? All right, so 1st some talk about like from session 0. Talk about it earlier talking about it now I think it's really important from session 0, make it clear to your GM and to your fellow players what you want out of the campaign. If you want to be immersed in the world first and foremost, and you want to be exploring the world, meeting people, seeing places, make that clear from the beginning that that is something that you want, that you prioritize, you know, because it gives, like, your GM an idea of what they need to plan for, and it gives your fellow players an idea of, like, okay, this is what we can do to make sure that this player has a chance to shy and do what they want to do, you know? All right, next thing. Uh, before the campaign even begins, work things into your character's backstory into their personality that gives them a reason to explore, you know? Perhaps they uh, are a collector and they're looking for things, you know, to collect. Or perhaps they uh, are a monster hunter and they like finding different types of monsters to hunt and learning more information. That gives them reason to surround the place and ask people for information about the monster that they're going to go find. Perhaps they are, like... Someone who's just, like, an avid reader, and they every time they go into a city, they go and find, like, the nearest library or something like that. There's so many things you can work into a character's backstory, any type of character, to give them a reason to explore the world more. Alright. Um, third thing they can do like, before the campaign even starts is to detail who your character is and their place in the world, so that you know how they react to the world around them. This is really important when you get into the role-playing of Exploration. You know, you're gonna to want to be thinking. Okay, this is my character. This is his occupation, his lifestyle, his personality. Here's how he would explore. Here's how he would interact with the things that he comes across while exploring. Here's how he role plays exploring. It's just it's nice to have an idea of who your character is and their place in the world, so that you know how they should react to the exploring and what they look
0: for. Okay, so, yeah, as Gabe was saying, um, detailing, like, who your character is and, and their backstory and, and working their character, like, into the world can help you as a GM, um, you know, with taking that player into the world and, 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 and using their backstory and the things that they've set down to help them explore or, like, as a story hook or whatever. Um, and, and just, you know, taking those that information that they've created for their character that they've shared with you. Um, and using that to to help them, to help build them into the world. Maybe when they go visit somewhere near their hometown or whatever um, in the adventure, you have someone recognize that character and, and like call him out and then whatever. Um, that can be cool and, and and can help the exploration aspect and just kind of help solidify it and once again um, make the players feel like they're a part of the world and immersed in the world.
1: Yeah, a lot of these things that we're talking about are just ways to service, immersion, and ways that people can work in this world. That's the thing like, you know, talking to GM about what you want, uh, talking to other players about what your character is, figuring out your backstory, giving them reasons to explore, detailing who your character is, and their place in the world are all just ways that you can immerse yourself in the world so that you can enjoy and facilitate exploration. Alright, moving on. Roleplay. Um, so, I know we were talking about the three pillars of campaigns and you know, roleplay, exploration, and combat. And you're saying like, oh, but we're talking about exploration, not roleplay right now. But I think it's important to talk about roleplay because it comes into play in exploration a lot. You know, as you're walking around and exploring the world, you're going to come across points where you are roleplaying with your fellow characters. You know, roleplaying with NPCs. So I think it's important to think about roleplay while you're exploring, so that you can immerse yourself in the world first and foremost. Because that's where part of like the yeah. true beauty of like exploration comes is when the players are immersed in the world and feel like they're part of the world. So they have they talk to the people as they would as a character would in the world, you know. Like that's mm-hmm. part of the beauty of D and D. So the thing is important to keep in mind while you're exploring these new places. Is to figure out, okay, how's my character react to this? Alright. Uh, also, while you're roleplaying as your character, you know, you're going into your normal day, your normal routine, whatever. You're going from combat encounter to roleplay encounter, whatever, whatever, whatever. If you want to explore the world, then you have to take initiative a little bit too. You know? You can't just leave it all up to the DM to force your character and force the party to go. And see different places in the world. You can also look for opportunities. Just you yourself. Look Mm -hmm. for opportunities and reasons to go and, you know, go from this tavern to the library. Go for a walk in the city for whatever, 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 whatever. There's a lot of opportunities you can find that fit your character and fit the way that, you know, they react and what they do to just explore different facets of the the world, you know? You can take initiative and look for opportunities
0: 100 percent. yeah and as a gm there's nothing feels better than your players taking it into their own hands to explore the world and not just waiting for you to force them along and to carry them along um so if you're a player listening to this help a brother out help your (laughs) gm out um and and uh, connect with the npcs that they've created and connect to your fellow players and explore the world that they've built um and that they're running um, because it feels really good as a GM to kind of just allow yourself to kind of sit back and allow the players to, to go around of their own initiative and to meet them in that way, uh, instead of having to always push them along and drag them along or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's just rehash what Shiloh's saying. If you come across an NPC, just try and talk with them, you know? Like, come across something that looks interesting, talk with the people around you in the world, talk with your, talk with your party members when you come to realization or something just every opportunity that you can to role play what you see and how you experience that and how you react to that every bit that you can like fit in there fits to immersing yourself in the world and to encourage like exploration and it makes it more interesting yes sir all right one last thing here okay work with your fellow players i already touched on this a little bit with talking to your players role playing with them to encourage exploration but i just want to say it again like work with your fellow players both like in the game in your role play and like outside of the game like you can talk like, after your session or whatever and say like okay i really liked what we did here let's, let's like find a way that we can like you know do something more like that in the future you know so you can work together as a party to do more exploration to, to do more interesting things
0: it's just a good idea to talk to your party you know just outside of yeah, character and inside
1: sure. of character.
0: Yeah. And I would just encourage doing everything inside of character if you can. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It, the, yeah. During, the, during the session,
1: between, do everything that yeah. you can inside of character.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. If you have the option between doing it inside or outside of character, do it inside of character. Um, yeah, 100%. And taking that initiative, as you were saying, to explore whatever can kind of help everyone else along and kind of push them to do it as well. Um, or whatever. But... um. One example I can give is that in this game that our friend is running, this D and D game that me and Gabe are both playing in, um, first of all, I gotta say it's great to be <laughs> playing alongside you because I've never been a player with you um, before, and so that's that's been really fun, at least for me, probably hopefully for you as well. Yeah. Um, and so we have just kind of our like role played our characters to like kind of have this. Um, kind of funny like relationship they're both very like big buff characters and so like they work out together and they stretch together and stuff and it's a um it's kind of a joke in in the in the campaign um but then like but then like we kind of that is like kind of building our characters' relationship together um as friends and companions and when we're exploring like we're commenting on like the stretching or whatever like we're using those metaphors as well like while we're exploring and stuff Mm -hmm. um and and that you know hopefully is making the GM feel better about like the world that he's creating and stuff and, and that, that we're exploring and things like that. Um, I would also love to play with him. I've never also been a player with him before. Um, so yeah, I'm excited I'm <laughs> to uh, continue this campaign though, for sure. Um, but yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Before we get to the we're closing, I focused. just want to like, just say again, like exploring is a big part of playing a role-playing game and it's nothing that you should shy away from something you should try and encourage in yourself as a GM, in yourself as a player and encouraging people around you because there's so much to be had there that i think a lot of people miss in their role-playing games you know a lot of people just go from combat to okay we're talking to the storekeeper and there's just like not a lot of connection in between i feel like exploration because it is so vague and so varied can get missed and overshadowed by other things in the campaign. Yeah. I think it's important to try and make that a goal to explore the world
0: and give your players chances to explore the world. Mm-hmm. But you know, even as like as a GM, like you can just treat exploration how you feel like it should be treated and how you want to do it because GMs are different mm-hmm. and there's no right way to GM per se. For example, the campaign once again that I was talking about the main and Gabe are both playing in that our friend is running. Um, he wants to get to the action, he likes getting to the action, and, of course, he loves exploration and stuff as well. But he'll, like, time-skip and stuff, and we'll just, like, that's fine. And we're all okay with that, and that's all cool. And that's the way he's running the game, and it works, and it's fine. But that's different than how, like, Matthew Mercer runs his games. Because, like, in, um, Critical Role or whatever, he goes into lots of detail about every place they go to and where they're going. And he cares a lot about that. And his players are interested in that, and they find that cool and enjoyable. Um, and then they take those seeds that he's planted to do funny or cool role-playing moments or whatever. But there's not a right way to do it. You can do it however you want um, and, and however you feel um, fitting to, to how you function as a GM and as a gaming group and um, how it fits into your campaign as well. Yeah. So we also don't want to be like, you know, change your play style and how you run your game to make it so that, like, you're really detailed now and you're doing a lot of planning and all this kind of stuff. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. We're, saying, um, we're, saying. we're just, Yeah just just trying to help um in regards to how you can kind of treat it or ways to save time or whatever Mm -hmm. hey you guys thank you so much for listening to this episode Mm -hmm. this is a good one this this is fun uh we had a lot to talk about
1: yeah we did we spent so much on like the first two points we had like speed run the the last yeah yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) two thirds of it that's 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 our curse (laughs) Yeah, me and Gabe can just talk for two hours on just, like, two bullet points, seriously, in our outline. <laughs> um, hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope this is helpful. This is honestly one of my favorite, most favorite episodes to record. Uh, this was really cool. Yeah, I, I, felt like I really
1: enjoyed to, it, too.
0: Yeah, I have a lot of—both of us kind of have a lot of experience in this and stuff, and it's nice to be able to kind of talk about it and have those conversations as well, just with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just reflecting on our own games and things like that.
1: Alright, so— before we leave you guys here just want to make sure
0: that you guys are following our Instagram at the 20 Square
1: Academy you know the drill uh, YouTube we have our, our episodes uploading there almost done we have some exclusive content coming soon and we have a discord server where you can ask us questions uh, see our thoughts on homebrew, this and that yada 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 yada. a lot of cool things happening there. we got some ideas for the future um, Also upcoming. Unwelcome Spirits, we talked about this at the beginning. Uh, the session zero will be uploaded by the time this is out, and session one will be recorded. Get that out to you guys as soon as possible. We're excited
0: about that. And next week, what are we doing next week? Guys, guys it's, it's finally now. happening. Sorry. Sorry for the confusion. We're doing, We're doing the class spotlight on the wizard. <laughs> um, it's our last class spotlight mm-hmm
1: man all right and uh, i'm excited wizard school yes what so it's in the last class spot last class spotlight yeah but then to replace ben. it we have an idea yep. that we will detail yep. later
0: after at the end of the next episode yeah yeah baby yeah, yeah baby. i'm super excited <laughs> not just the class Blight like the wizard because it's a cool class and we both have a lot to talk about, I'm sure. <laughs> but also, our other idea to replace the Class Spotlights now that we finished. Oh, buddy, I'm excited. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a good time. So, you can hear more about that next week in our Class Spotlight. And then next month, when that first uh, thing uh, episode of that series will be released. Okay. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. I like this one. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, Hope you guys are all doing well. And have one. a great week.
1: This yes.
0: tumultuous world. uh, Stay safe. Uh, yes. stay safe. A weird time. Please stay safe. <laughs> um. Okay. Anything else you have to say? Play Mystic. Don't play Mystic.